This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey gang, come on in. Black and Blue Report for a Tuesday of NFL Draft Week. Sean Kelly, Daniel Sallerson with you from Studio B on Airline Drive. And I'm sure in corners of this building it is busy, busy, busy. It is in this one as we uh, continue to get ready for Thursday, Friday, Saturday and the NFL Draft. Close, Daniel. We're very We're close. very close. Yes, we are. Uh, we will continue our NFL Draft Preview Series today. Picks 10 and 11, right? Yes, 10-11, Giants, Giants, Bears. Bears. Tell you about those guests in just a moment. The NBA playoffs took another interesting turn <laughs> last night. The NHL playoffs. You're in a good mood. I'm which in is, a good mood. I'm fired up. I was so happy when the Blues won. I'm like, we get good mood, Sean, tomorrow. Yes. Look, NHL playoffs, game sevens are hard to beat. I don't care if you're a fan of hockey or not. Game seven, playoffs, NHL, hard to beat. You watched it, didn't you? Yeah, it didn't disappoint last night no. either. Blues are up early 2 nothing, and I'm like, I even texted you. I was like, all right, things are looking good. Looking good. And then like a two minutes later, Blackhawks score. I'm like, shut up, Daniel. Yes. Don't say anything else. I was not going to answer <laughs> any more of your texts. Um, anyway, Blues advance. Uh, it was it was fun. There's another game seven, I think, coming up. In the there NHL. will be Nashville one last night, so they'll right. go to game seven against Anaheim. Okay. Um, meanwhile, in the NBA playoffs. First of all, can I soapbox about the Tom Brady thing just for, just for a oh, moment? Oh, sure. This is a power play in the NFL. I I feel for those fans of the Patriots that will not have Tom Brady for four games mm-hmm. or for any guy or gal who drafts Tom Brady for their fantasy team and won't have him for four games. But other than that, <clears throat> I'm letting it go. All right. This is a power play between the Players Association and the Commissioner about trying to take away the commissioner's power that the Players Association, I'm pretty sure, gave up in the last CBA. Yes. Correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. And this has nothing to do with whether Tom Brady took air out of the balls or told somebody to take air out of the ball or whatever. This is about the commissioner and whether or not he's able to suspend him for four games. So I'm putting it away. Yeah. Well, I'm just tired of hearing about it. because well, is... We're going to hear about it again, like I said, when the Saints and the Patriots meet up in the training camp. Right. But I'm putting it away. That's fine. We're good with that. Okay. I'm I'm tired of I'm I can't watch any of the TV anymore because it is the same stuff the whole time. And what if there's another reversal decision and then Tom Brady is not suspended? Then where do we go from there? Right, right. So okay, good. I'm glad we're we're okay on that. Um, meanwhile, back to the NBA playoffs. We had Bill Shoning on yesterday, voice of the San Antonio Spurs. Um, between Steph Curry's knee sprain and now Chris Paul's broken hand, the San Antonio Spurs have to be just. Like doing the evil, the evil laugh yeah. and the you know, you know, one of those type yeah. of things, right? So you're saying we're old, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. It just it just goes to show that I mean these injuries happen and you just never know when they can you know. I think Mark Stein said it best yesterday. Is like, and this is why the Warriors went for that 73 wins because you just never know what happens in the playoffs. And I know it's way too far down the line thinking they might not win the championship, but. People are going to at least remember that they won 73 games, but anything can happen in the playoffs. And now it goes to show that even the Thunder, I know it's going to be tough for the Thunder to beat the Spurs, but those two teams are probably sitting there going, this is our shot. And also, I think the 
whoever wins Trailblazers and Clippers. Also, I'll go with the Warriors standpoint. They're probably hoping Blazers Clippers goes through seven. And that way, Curry might not miss too much if it's at least two weeks. I mean, they, they say they'll reevaluate, though. It could be longer, but can they beat a Clippers team without Chris Paul now? I mean, that's another headline. Or and can they beat a Blazers team that has very good guard play in Lillard and McCollum? Let's not forget the Avery Bradley injury that changed that whole series as well. You would think or, it did, but then the Hawks have kind of let them back in it. I still think Atlanta's going to take care of that. But because right. Bradley's their best perimeter defender. Mm-hmm. I really do. So... Golly, this is, you know, this is why I don't gamble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is why you have to enjoy letting these things play out because. You can't this predict is, this stuff. Nope, I mean, everyone was worried nope, about Curry's nope. ankle and then he slips on the floor and hurts his knee. Right. Chris right. Paul slaps a hand of Gerald Henderson trying to steal the ball, breaks his hand. I mean, if people were thought about maybe this was a chance for the Clippers, even though they would have the Golden State Warriors in the second round. But if they got the Warriors in the second round without Curry, then you're thinking this could be the Clippers chance with Blake Griffin back. How like, bad is this break? Have they said? I think he's done. Done the season. Done. Yeah. And Griffin hurt his quad yesterday, re-injured it. Not sure his status, but Golly. we're not the only team with the injuries. I know ours. Oh, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Let's not do that. I can't take that today. Okay. We can go in the other direction. But I'm, I'm telling you, San Antonio, this thing is opening wide. Mm-hmm. The Thunder may have something to say about it. That's going to be a great series, by the way. Well, how about Mark Cuban last night? Kinda. Okay, yeah, there's the other soapbox thing. Gosh, you are. You're trying to get me fired up, aren't you? Well, I know you're in a great mood. How much, <laughs> how much silliness can come from a, an owner's comment that, who cares? Who cares whether Mark Cuban believes that Russell Westbrook is a superstar or an all-star? Can and, I? And, and, and do we have to do, we could do a whole show on what determines whether somebody's a superstar or not. And I want to know, first, why are owners having media availabilities just to talk playoffs? Well, this is Cuban, though. Yeah. And do you know the only other owner that does that is Jerry Jones, too, in Dallas. It's Correct. like they're like, yeah, we yes. can talk. Who cares? Again, yeah. Or stop talking. <laughs> I mean, what if this was game one of a series and you just riled them up? I mean, you, I know it was Thunder Mavericks and Thunder were probably going to win anyways, but what if this was game one and Cuban said that? If I'm Carlisle, I'm like, dude. Stop. I have to be careful, but just who cares? Let's just leave it there. Right. And they don't care. Durant doesn't care. You can tell by his answer. He well, no, he likes piling on a little bit. Yeah, and they'll use that. You know. And then Carlisle's like, yeah, they have two superstars in his post game press conference. So I think part of him was like, right, that's ridiculous. I know. I know. Hey, look, this is show business. I get it. But sometimes I just want to like, I just want to speed up a little faster over some of the speed bumps in the entertainment industry. And I would call this a minor speed bump mm-hmm. or a pothole, however well, you want to look at it. Well, I think now things get just blown up so much. Every little comment, every little movement, the dancing, the pregame routine dancing. And now with all these cameras, you see people saying stuff on the bench in the heat of the moment. And everyone's freaking out. It's just like it's reality TV, yeah. Daniel Salerson. It is the ultimate reality. TV. It also shows that no matter where you are, you're not safe. So you better be careful. This is true. Or he true. could have been like the Detroit Tigers outfielder who flicked off the whole crowd yesterday after they booed him. Well, and he did, wasn't real discreet about that either. So, Oh, no. There's a lot on this Tuesday, isn't yeah. there? I found that interesting last night, yeah, too. Yeah, fair. Wow. A lot going yeah. on. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so tomorrow will be our last black and blue report before the draft. Yes. So we've got a lot to cover between today and tomorrow. So today we'll take out a chunk by previewing the Giants and the Bears selecting at 10 and 11. 
We're so pleased to have Anita Marks back from ESPN New York and the New York Giants broadcast uh, team. She'll talk uh, thoroughly about the Giants um, pick, what they would have later in the draft, and about their overall situation. Not to mention, Anita has a pretty good breakdown of what may happen even before the Giants get to select at 10. So great guest uh, today talking about that. And then uh, Patrick Finley joins us from the Chicago Sun-Times uh, to talk about the Chicago Bears. And and they have some interesting ideas up in Chicago. And that does all circulate around our old friend Ryan Pace, who was mm-hmm. here with us in this building for uh, a great period of time. So um, two great guests today. And then tomorrow uh, we're going to have John DeShazer on to talk about the Saints at 12 and just kind of previewing the the black and gold draft in general. And we'll wrap up the conversation regarding the NFC. Wes Durham, voice of the Atlanta Falcons, will be with us. We'll also be talking about the Panthers and where they are. Remember, they're going to be selecting way down the list there in round number one. Yes. So, But they are in our division, so we'll, we'll check all that out. So we've covered some ground today. Covered a lot of ground. A lot of work to do. Stay with us. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Josh Groban on stage Friday, July 15th at Bold Sphere Music at Champion Square, featuring songs from his new album Stages as well as his classic hits with very special guest Sarah McLaughlin. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 1-800-745-3000. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back. We're uh, pleased to welcome back Anita Marks, who is all over ESPN platforms across New York City and also a member of the New York Giants broadcast team. And she's been kind enough to join us here again on the Black and Blue Report, this time to talk about the draft and what the New York Giants may, may not do. It's number 10 in the first round and subsequently with picks in rounds 2, 3, 4, 5, and six. Anita, welcome back. Hope all is well with you in New York. Everything's great. And uh, my goodness, I can't believe the draft is almost here. I feel like um, we've been talking about it forever, right? I'm sure everyone, uh, Ra- Giants fans, Saints fans are just like, finally, Thursday night. It can't get here fast enough. I agree with you. And everyone we've talked to from the different teams is in the same boat. Uh, it, it's the, It's that transition, isn't it, this week, Anita, from going from what we think might happen or what we think teams will do to what they actually do do. <laughs> and and seemingly, I think we're in for a bit of a volatile first round at the very least 
in this year's draft as opposed to last. Would you would you subscribe to that theory? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I can't wait. Like, for example, you know, I'm, I've, I've got, and we both know, I mean, every day there's a new mock draft that comes out, whether it's ESPN or NFL Network or CBS or whatever the course, you know, may be. But so I've got, I've got the NFL Network mock draft up here with, with a, a few different kind of um, selections. And, and first and foremost, I, I think you know, I think we're all in agreement that one and two is going to be the top two quarterbacks, and uh, everyone's expecting the Rams to take off. Therefore, uh, the Eagles will take wins. And then after that, I think it really gets interesting with San Diego. There's some reports out there that people feel that San Diego is looking to trade down. Well, who would be willing to trade up? I mean, Tunsil, some say, is one of the best tackles, offensive tackles, coming out of this draft in, in, in a decade. So if there's a team out there like Tennessee who's looking to possibly trade back up, maybe Tennessee trades trade back up into that number three spot. Um, Dallas Cowboys, we heard from uh, Jerry Jones. He said they're sticking there. Who do they take? A lot of people feel Ezekiel Elliott. And then he feel uh, Bosa. And then I, what's, what's really perplexing to me is I think Jalen Ramsey is the best player, um, defensive player coming out of this draft. I, I don't know how you pass on a guy like that, but um, if you if he does, then I think you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars in a very interesting situation. I know they love Miles Jack, but again, if Jalen Ramsey's still on the board at five, that's a tough decision to make. I hear the Ravens are looking for an offensive lineman. If Tunsil's still on the board, they go with him. Also, I hear they like Conklin, Stanley. Those are your top three offensive linemen. San Francisco might trade. They might take a quarterback. I know Cleveland is looking to trade down yet again. They've already got 12 picks. They're looking for more. Who knows what Tampa does? And then, of course, you've got the Giants sitting at 10. (laughs) And and I'm glad that you set it up like that because as the dominoes fall, and and I I don't even want to use the word dominoes because these are all all players that every team in some form or fashion can use. Um, It does make you sit and wonder what teams in the, say, nine to 15 range not that they're what they're they're left with but what kind of a a hard right or left turn is going to happen before they get to them so is that kind of how you're looking at the Giants at 10 is because there may be a few twists and turns uh, before they even get to sit there and say okay now what well I think a few things number one um, I think the Giants really like Leonard Floyd Um, you know this is a guy who's moved up on a lot of draft boards um, you know, he's a linebacker who can be utilized big time in a 3-4 defense. Unfortunately, the Giants don't play that. Not sure Spags is willing to, to, to change it up. But a lot of people, just to kind of give you an idea of, of what the expectation is for, for Leonard Floyd, he is an even bigger, stronger, faster, better Jason Taylor, if you wow. can even imagine that. So I, I think there's a lot of things that you would be able to do with him. He's going to be a project. Um, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll, he'll have – you know, peaks and valleys his first year, but this is a player that very well could be a pro bowler uh, in years to come. And the Giants really like him. And I think if he's on the board, I think there's going to be some very interesting discussions taking place in, in that war room. Now, as I said, the offensive linemen, a lot of, a lot of scouts that I've spoken to in regards to, and, there, and, there, and, and there's a lot of mixed bags, right? Everyone universally feels that Tunsil is hands down the best offensive lineman coming off on the board uh, on Thursday night. But 
teams really have to sit back and say, are they willing to take a gamble on his off-the-field issues? If they are, I think they draft him. I don't believe Tunsil will be available at 10, mm-hmm. but Conklin and Stanley will be. Two very good offensive linemen. Conklin, a lot more grit, a lot more fight in that dog. Stanley, a lot more technical. Gr- like, great te- technique can immediately help uh, the Giants in their offensive line, not sure if he would play left, move Flowers to right, whatever the case, but I know that there will be a lot of offensive coaches in that war room that if Conklin and or Stanley are still on the board at 10, they're going to make, they're going to pitch a really good argument as to why they'd like the Giants to draft one of those offensive linemen at 10. And then I think what's the, the I think what's really going to be the kicker here, guys, is that if Miles Jack falls to 10, I've asked a number of analysts, scouts, coaches, based on the whole knee issue, and, and, and I'm sure you guys have discussed it at length in regard to the fact that his, his problem is his cartilage is not growing back. So there is an anticipation that he's going to need microfracture at some point in time in his career. Now, is that a year from now? Is that three years from now? Is that five years from now? Nobody, nobody knows. But do you take a gamble at 10 on arguably one of the best linebackers uh, in this draft, maybe one of the best linebackers coming out in the past few years, who's just a stud playmaker. If you say to yourself, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get a great Miles Jack for five years. After that, big question marks in regard to micro fracture. Will he ever? You know, how what will be his football longevity? And everyone I've spoken to says, hands down, absolutely, New York second. You draft him at ten. Really? See, so again, I, I mean, I just I, I think that there's going to be. I've, if ever there was a time I'd want to be a fly on the wall in somebody's war room, specifically the Giants, at 10, if Miles Jack is still on the board, if Leonard Floyd is still on the board, and at least one or two of, of you know these three phenomenal offensive linemen are still on the board, um, I think it's going to be a very interesting debate that's going to happen in that war room. I just, and, and I'm glad that you brought this up, because the more I've watched this, Anita, the more I sit there and wonder what GM potentially is going to put his job on the line for a guy who's the first line of every conversation about him is the knee, the knee, the knee, the knee. Miles Jack, unbelievable talent. We get it. Will it translate? Probably. But there's this knee conversation that continues to go on and on and on. And and I guess in a second or third round pick, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. But top 10 in the NFL draft with that kind of a, an injury situation going on, I, I just maybe you you probably know a lot more than me. I just I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, again, I, I think what's I think what's happening here is talent evaluators are looking at what is Miles Jack going to give you for the next three to five years, and is what he's going to bring to the table for you does that far exceed the possibility that you won't that you won't have that caliber Miles Jack after five years. That you know that's that's kind of what they're toying with. And another thing, I, you know, I've spoken to a few a few coaches. You know, gentlemen, a lot of this comes down to, well, everybody's medical staff. And, and this is where I'm, I'm going to be very intrigued because the Giants have one of the most conservative medical staffs in all the league. So now, you know, every, every medical staff has examined him. So I'm sure that there is a few teams out there that are willing to take the risk. And then I'm sure that there's teams out there that are like, no way, we won't touch him with a 10-foot pole. It's just a lot of it depends on on your medical staff and how they've rated him. Yeah, I, I it's a, it's a great wild card coming up during these uh, early picks. There's no doubt about that. 
Anita, what about the rest of the draft for the New York Giants? What other needs do they have to fill that maybe were either offset by free agency or need to be bolstered here with, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, this is this is this is the sad thing about the Giants. Uh, they don't have one player on their roster from the 2011-2012 draft. And that's why you hear a lot, you know, this this general manager on the hot seat, that general manager on the hot seat. And and I think that's why a lot of times you hear about Jerry Reese. You know, the Giants went out, they spent a ton of money in the offseason, the most money of any team um, in the NFL to bring in the, the talent that they did, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Snacks, Olivier Vernon, um, Jenkins playing corner. They let Prince of Mucamora go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but there is still a lot of holes to fill on this roster. And offensively, it starts with a tackle. Now, the Giants seem pretty committed to having Flowers stay at left tackle, but a lot of scouts that I've spoken to watch game film uh, from this past season feel that he would be best suited as a right tackle. So, and, and the great thing about that problem, though, is that you can put him on either side. So uh, the glaring issue on offense is the tackle position. They have a guy named Bobby Hart that they drafted in the sixth round from FSU who's going to be able to compete for the guard position, the right guard position, and I think he wins it. Um, he was quite impressive last year. So first and foremost, offensively, a, a tackle, whether that's right, left, whatever the case may be. This is an organization that, that each and every year has, has committed a pick to their offensive line, and they know they've needed to do that, especially they just re-upped Eli Manning for the next five years. He's getting older, although we know he's the Iron Man. You've got to keep him healthy. So that's number one. Number two on offense is the fact that you don't know what type of Victor Cruz you're going to get. You know, this is a guy coming off of a patella tear, and, and there's not a lot of guys in the NFL that – receivers that have come off the teleter and because of that his body compensated he, he then was dealing with a, a calf issue last year so he says he's 100% the Giants say he's ready for training camp but you know once he's in pads once he's practicing you just got to keep your fingers crossed so they are in need of a wide receiver and and you know this is not a very deep wide receiving uh, talent pool coming out this season Coleman Fuller, um, there are some guys that I think will be available in the second round. Do the Giants take a gamble? I think Treadwell will be gone in the first. Do the Giants look at a wide receiver in the second round? Um, and even though they spent a lot of money on defense, they still need to plug some holes on defense. They've got a lot of young talent that was injured last year playing safety opposite Landon Collins. But a lot of people feel that they need to go out and, and draft another safety to come in and compete for that, that position. So for me, it's it's a tackle, it's a wide receiver, and it's a safety um, in regard to need. But understand that Jerry Reese and the Giants are one of those teams that they draft best player, not need. Yeah, yeah. I will, you know, I think that everybody does that early on. At least they say they do or they want to uh, at this point. She is supremely informed. She's all over the New York football Giants with this draft coming up. And then I guess – Anita, we'll be um, we'll be hoping to speak with you again as the regular season rolls around. It looks like there's a certain game in week two that's of interest to us uh, between the Saints and the Giants. I hope you'll join us again. Oh, for that. I, I can't wait! I can't yeah. wait for Thursday. I'm really excited for the season to start. I love I love that the NFL has become like year round, right? I mean, I feel like you know you go from you go from Super Bowl to Combine, 
now draft, before we know it, OTAs, training camp, and then boom, season's here again. So um, it's, it's going to be an exciting year. Absolutely. Um, follow you on Twitter by how, Anita? Um, at Anita Marks, M-A-R-K-S. Perfect. Awesome job. Thank you so much, Anita. Enjoy all no the... Uh, good luck. Good luck on Thursday night. Same to you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Here she goes, Anita Marks, New York Football Giants broadcast team, ESPN platforms, including ESPN Radio and ESPNW. And she has given us a very thorough look at the New York Giants, who again will select at number 10 in round number one. Thank her, and we'll move on, take a break, and come right back. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We are getting very close now to the Saints at number 12. That means the Chicago Bears is a topic of conversation at number 11. And uh, we're very pleased to have Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times with us here on this Tuesday. He covers the Bears and the NFL in general up there in the Windy City. And first of all, Patrick, good morning. It's uh, almost time. We're inching closer and closer to the, to the land of uncertainty. I was going to say, after months of talking about what teams might do, uh, it'll be good to actually see what they will do on uh, on Thursday. Yes, without a doubt. Hey, before we get to the Bears at number 11, let me ask you, in your opinion, what the, the biggest headlines of the offseason have been so far for a Bears team that's coming off that 6-10 and 10 campaign. I think the biggest headlines have been that Matt Forte and Martellus Bennett are gone. Uh, Ryan Pace, who you guys know pretty well, uh, decided to let Forte walk. Uh, he was a free agent, and then he decided to trade Martellus Bennett, who they were afraid would become even more of a distraction in his final season. Uh, his contract was due to be up at the end of this upcoming year. You know, those are two guys who were just such an inter- integral part of the Bears' offense uh, for years. And to have to replace them on the fly will be interesting. Kevin White, who was their number one pick from a year ago, uh, sat out all last year after having shin surgery. So his return... Uh, will be uh, crucial to what they're doing, uh, assuming that Alshon Jeffrey uh, signs a long-term deal rather than take the franchise tag into the season. 
And finally, they re- or they signed Danny Trevathan from the Broncos, Jarrell Freeman from the Colts to try to shore up their inside linebacker position. They may have gone from the worst 3-4 inside linebacker tandem in the NFL to maybe the best. They spent a lot of money to do it, but uh, they think that that sort of security uh, will have uh, will resonate uh, throughout a, a defense that was uh, getting better uh, last year. All big moves. How did that play out mm-hmm. with the uh, Bears faithful up in Chicago? You know, Matt Forte, I, personally, I believe Matt Forte is one of the most criminally underrated people in the game. And I, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. Uh, Bears fans certainly appreciate him, and we're sad to see him go without so much as an offer from the Bears. Uh, that was frustrating to Matt as well. And, you know, you talk about Martellus Bennett. He was a really likable guy. Uh, he was charming. He was funny. Uh, he was interested in things outside of football. You know, he did things like, you know, he had a cartoon movie that he, uh, you know, he wrote a, a movie with cartoons that, that he had animators uh, draw out. He did things that really connected him with fans. And, uh, and I think fans understand that trading him uh, was probably in the best interest of the team. But, you know, it always hurts when uh, two of your favorite players get let go uh, when they didn't have to. Fair enough. Were they pleased about the defensive side? I know Ryan Pace had seen that as a tremendous area of need. He took a, a big step, though, in, in, in signing those two guys. Yeah, they're excited. You know, whenever you can add, uh, you know, one of the focal points of the Super Bowl champion, uh, that's uh, always a good sign. One thing that Pace did that I think fans really do appreciate is the guys he brought in are guys who are really used to winning. Um, I, you know, I think Danny Trevathan – uh, has lost like 11 regular season games in his life. Like, that's amazing. Uh, Bobby Massey's the right tackle they brought over from the Cardinals. Uh, you know, his teams have gotten better every single year that he's been a professional. Uh, Jarrell Freeman, uh, has never had a losing season. You know, you know, you know, that doesn't make them, uh, that doesn't mean they have some sort of secret. That doesn't mean that they, uh, you know, can walk in the building and all of a sudden the Bears will start winning again. But there's a culture change there that I think Ryan Pace thinks is important, and uh, he's put a monetary value on it. I mean, he's paying these guys not only for their production, but, you know, for their ability to help turn the locker room around. So, Patrick, how does all that then frame up what the Bears might do at number 11? You know, the linebacker stuff means that they don't have to go get one. Uh, when the regu- or when the offseason started, that was probably the biggest area of need. And as it turns out, uh, Part of the reason they went and you know paid those contracts is because there's no clear-cut great linebacker, a middle linebacker in a three-four at least uh, available at number eleven. There's just not. Uh, you know, I think that they they need to get better on defense. They know that. The one thing that might might get in the way of that at number eleven would be they have this left tackle here named Charles Leno Jr. He was a late-round pick a couple years ago from Boise State. Uh, he started for the first time this season and was actually pretty okay. And the Bears will tell anybody who will listen that they're happy with him and that they're happy to go into the season with him as the left tackle. But, you know, if one of those big four tackles is there and if the Bears have fallen in love with any of the four of them, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears went out and got a line. Um, you know, protecting Jay Cutler is important, but, you know, with Matt Forte gone now, you're going to have to make the running backs you do have uh, look better. And the fastest way to do that is to block well for them. So, you know, if Ronnie Stanley somehow falls, uh, you know, maybe they like Jack Conklin and they can take him a little early. 
Uh, Laramie Tunsil is going to be gone before that. I think that could make sense for them. The other thing that comes up is Ezekiel Elliott, running back from Ohio State. He could be Matt Forte's heir apparent in terms of the number of snaps he gets. Uh, you know, his running back coach, his first couple of years at Ohio State, is the Bears running back coach now. And Elliott has talked openly about how much he wants to play for him. So there is a fit there. But, you know, when you look at what Ryan Pace did in New Orleans, and when you look at what John Fox has done both in Denver and in Carolina, they don't lean on one running back. They lean on, like, three. And, you know, I think John Fox uh, was excited about being able to cycle in guys. And the question is, if Ezekiel Elliott, as good as he might be, you know, do you use a number 11 pick on a guy who might only touch the ball, I don't know, 60% of the times you hand it off? I mean, that's, that's a question they're going to have to answer. Very good point. No doubt about that. Uh, there are plenty of picks down the road uh, in this draft for Chicago, including two in the sixth round. So it's not like they're short on picks. Um, and from what you're talking about, it sounds like they're going to stay put at number 11. When you look further down draft, rounds two, three, four, five, and so on, um, are they are they in a mindset of a particular side of the ball that needs more need than the other at this point? Or uh, is this is this strictly let's just get, go get the best guys we can get and we'll put them in where they go? Well, you know, Ryan tells us that he believes in best player available, and and that makes sense. I think part of the patching that they did this offseason via free agency is so that he could take the best player available and, and not have one giant glaring hole. But, you know, there's a defensive end position for them that is wide open right now. Uh, and when you look at this draft, this is the best defensive line draft probably ever. And, you know, what they need as a 3-4 end is a big, hulking, tall guy who can contribute on the run. And maybe if they're lucky, get to the quarterback. There are going to be a couple of those guys available in the second round, maybe even in the third round. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went in that direction for them. Also, you know, the Bears are still at the point where they just need young talent. I mean, the reason that Ryan Pace is here and that John Fox is here is because the Bears had hit rock bottom, you know, 14 months ago, 15 months ago. And they're still recovering from that. They're still, you know, trying to transform their roster from one of the oldest in the league to one of the youngest. You know, every year you see those uh, lists of players with, or teams with homegrown players. The Bears were always at the bottom of that list. Now they're trying to build it back up. So I don't think they're going to be too picky when it comes to position. I think that they know that, you know, they need an infusion of young guys and that if that guy happens to play a position that they're set at, so be it. Uh, that'll be interesting. Also, you mentioned the nine picks. I think that does give Ryan some ammunition to move up and down in the draft. I'm not sure that he'll do it in the first round unless somebody falls and, you know, and they actually, you know, they have to take a big swing to go get him. But, you know, you mentioned the two sixes. You know, they can move up and down, you know, in the third, fourth, fifth round. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that at all. Patrick, finally, I, would, I do want to ask you about uh, Chicago uh, serving as the host. What has that been like having Chicago as kind of the epicenter of the NFL draft? It's been fun. You know, Chicago is uh, – Ch Chicago is a city that, uh, you know, looks around and says, you know, New York got a Super Bowl. Why couldn't we get the Super Bowl? You know, they look at L.A. and, you know, we all know that L.A. is going to be in this rotation for, you know, all of the NFL's great events once they get that stadium built. Chicago sits there and goes, well, why not us? And uh, the draft for them last year and this year is, you know, kind of like hosting a Super Bowl. It's not nearly as big or as sexy, but it's an opportunity for Chicago to show off uh, what we do have to offer. And, 
you know, Chicago's the best city in the world if you love public parks and uh, gathering places and all of that. And, and it's really to the NFL's credit that they've been able to tie the two together. I don't think that the draft is coming back here next year. I think the NFL is going to take the show on the road. And I think that eventually there's going to be a rotation kind of like there is the Super Bowl where maybe four or five cities get it, you know, a year at a time. And I'm sure that Chicago will be part of that because the NFL really does like what they've been able to do here. You know, that said, you know, they got 250,000 people to go to an outdoor festival last year so they could watch on television which teams select players who aren't even in Chicago. Like, that's amazing. Like, the fact that people, you know, have Lollapalooza outside of a draft is, is stunning to me and shows you the grip that the NFL has, not only on Chicago, but on the country. You know, so many of the teams uh, in the NFL can drive to Chicago fairly reasonably from their home markets, and, and they showed up last year, and I'm sure they will this year, too. Yeah, it looked great last year, and I hope it's the same type of atmosphere again this year. Good stuff, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully good weather, weather too, Patrick. Too. <laughs> yeah, Pardon there me? you go, the weather. Yeah, Patrick, <laughs> enjoy the weekend, and enjoy the break that will come for you after it's all said and done. I was going to say, there's no off-season in this business, as you guys know, but uh, next week at this time will be a little more laid back, I'm sure. Fair enough, and we certainly appreciate your time today. Patrick Finley with us from the Chicago Sun-Times. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. New Orleans 2016. One night. One band. New Orleans, they're back. Guns and Roses, live for one night only. July 31st, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport. Hey, as we wrap it up here on this Tuesday, quick reminder about tomorrow's show. John DeShazer, Wes Durham. We'll also talk Panthers as we wrap up our NFL Draft Preview Series, and then we will focus all of our attention on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and our special draft broadcast on NewOrleansSaints.com. No other Pelicans news to talk about today. We'll keep an eye on the NBA playoffs, and we'll have some thoughts about what transpires tonight. Who knows? Who knows? Um, we're getting a little something every night. I'm just, if the West Coast games wouldn't drag out so much... <laughs> I could maybe see the end of them without uh, having to, um, I guess, fall off the couch to wake myself up or something. Anyway, with that being said, we'll say uh, thanks again to Anita Marks and also Patrick Finley for being our guest today. Thank you as well. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Back at you tomorrow. Plenty more to cover. Don't you, uh, don't you forget about us this week as we ramp up to the big, big weekend and the NFL draft. I'm Sean Kelly for Daniel Salerson. See you next time on the Black and Blue Report.
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. We'll